Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, your twice-weekly podcast celebrating the radio show. show. Damn it. Nope. Start over. <laughs> I'm not starting like that. Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, your twice-weekly podcast celebrating the radio show turned podcast, Too Beautiful to Live. In Dallas, Texas, I'm Meredith Mahan, and joining me for this redo Friday edition of LRB in Pawtucket, Rhode Island, Bobby Pape. Good afternoon, Bobby. Good afternoon, Meredith. On Fridays, we bring you a TVTL 10 to talk about their experiences with the show and play a favorite clip from the old days of TVTL. And this week, I'm so glad to introduce you to way up there in Grand Rapids, Michigan, Don Hafner. Hi, Don. Hi, Bobby. Hi, Meredith. Now, Don, I'm going to pretend all your stories and jokes are new to me, but the truth is that Mike and I already did a whole show with you a few months ago. Um, we'll talk more about that in a second, but first we're going to cover some things that we must discuss. We're going to get to know more about our guest. We'll listen to our clip that she brought us. We'll tell y'all how to get involved and we'll take care of some housekeeping. That's right. And uh, before we do anything else, I think we actually need you to explain what happened with the first time around because I wasn't there. Yes. Me and Mike interviewed Don, I don't remember exactly when, a few months ago. And it was great. It was so much fun. We had a blast. Um, it was a really fun show. We didn't really have any tech problems. I mean, this is a TBTL podcast. So we're basically asking for endless tech problems, right? Like by <laughs> definition. And we have our difficulties. Um, but I think this lost episode was one of the more heartbreaking ones to me. Um, it just went terribly, terribly wrong. So Mike and I were on the track and Don just, you didn't show up at all. You were like a audio vampire. I was a ghost. Yeah. So we're, we're going to try again. Sounds good. <laughs> so all of my laughter will be genuine because I've heard none of this before. <laughs> and all of Meredith's will be forced because exactly. this is all new to her. <laughs> uh, one of the things that I heard from the first go around uh, is that you, Don, actually have some questions for us collectively as Little Red Bandwagon. Do you still have questions for oh, us? Yeah. Yeah, I'm a very inquisitive person, so I always have a lot of questions. Um, so I guess they're going to be slightly different because you're not originally from the Pacific Northwest like Mike is. Um, but whenever I meet somebody from the Pacific Northwest, I always ask if they've ever seen a Bigfoot. <laughs> we can throw these questions out to our listeners because we have tons of listeners over there too yes so, so weigh in on the facebook page guys exactly i've spoken with christy about it and um she says she hasn't seen one yet and um mike mccauley has not seen one um but joe ellen his wife and i would like to go on a sasquatch camping trip in michigan at some point so um so, yeah, I'm, I'm very, very curious about this. Um, Kevin O'Brien and, and I are now friends. Kevin O'Brien is Luke's famous Liberty Mutual insurance agent friend. Um, and I'm also, I've been almost 10 years Liberty Mutual insurance agent. So we became friends because of that. He hasn't seen one either. So, yeah, that's my biggest question. So, I'm, but I have heard that in the Pacific, uh, but I've heard in the New England, uh, you know, the dense forest that have and sightings. Have you seen a uh, Bigfoot yet, Bobby? Uh, I have not, but if you noted, and I think you may have noticed this, uh, we went camping last weekend in, yes. well, out on Cape Cod, what they call the inner elbow, about halfway out on the Cape on the northern coast, uh, on the Bay Coast. 
the first thing we saw when we went into the office at Nickerson State Park to check in for our campsite was a clock letting us know to keep an eye out for Bigfoot out in the woods. Really? Uh, and in oh. fact, as we were getting our stuff, it was already after dark when we got there. And the state employee running the desk made sure to remind us to keep an eye out for Bigfoot as we were setting up our tent. Really? Wow. So you've got some believers in New England, for sure. I have to put this on my list of places to visit then. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure if I believe or not, but... Um... I basically got into the idea of it just um, by coincidence. And I happened to see Survivor Man, colon, Bigfoot on television. <laughs> <laughs> and the places that he was going were just so beautiful. I thought, wow, that'd be kind of nice to go to all these different places. And then he's had like two or three experiences. That he just could not explain. This guy is a, you know, died in the wool, like Bushman from uh, Northern Ontario. And, um, you know, they have some deep bush out there, <laughs> not to sound dirty, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, they, but, um, but, you know, he's seen every kind of animal and he just had these experiences he couldn't explain. I'm like, wow, that's, that's pretty interesting. And then if there are, if there's like one, there has to be a lot of them because otherwise how do they procreate and, you know, keep becoming more big feet, Bigfoot. So, you know, I've got two things to say about Sasquatches. <laughs> the first one is that if you are really interested in this, there's a comedian named Brent Butt and his name Brent is spelled like Butt. Butt. Okay. And I think he's Canadian and he's obsessed with this. And he's, I've heard him on Stop Podcasting Yourself, oh. which is another one of my favorites. And he's on there a lot talking about Sasquatch. So you might I want to check him out. Check him he out. has like a Google alert for Sasquatch and is up on all really? the the other one is that this is a bit of a sore spot for me because as a Dutch person, I've, it, I'm tall for my gender. And oh, right, right. I have been tall, this tall since I've, I'm about 5'10, 5'11, and I've been this tall since I was 13 years old, mm -hmm. which was tough. So I, that was my nickname mm -hmm. in middle school. So everyone thought I was a teacher for a while, and then I became yeah. Sasquatch. I had that too. I was always the tallest. I'm not Dutch at all, but I was always the tallest. But there's tons and tons of uh, folks from – there's just a certain part of Netherlands where people are very, very tall and skinny, and there's a lot yeah. of them around here. That's where my dad's from. Yeah. Gives us gives us all the rest of us a huge complex because we're just like <laughs> – especially me, and like I'm, I'm a medium, you know, but uh, large build person. You're like, okay, what's wrong with me? Yeah, I know. <laughs> um. Anyway, there's worse things to be called. I mean, they're kind of cool creatures. I guess. I'm not that hairy, or at least I try not to be. <laughs> We've yet to meet in person, Meredith, and that was actually going to be my next question, which was uh, you know, to very politely ask if you're a, a suit. <laughs> <laughs> I work really hard to not be. <laughs> I've never really noticed any Dutch people around here being really hairy, so that's well, a good thing. my other side's Welsh. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. We're dark-haired people. Yeah. I think I can transition here to another topic of conversation that we wanted mm -hmm. to get into, not to stray away from Bigfoot talk, but there's a lot to get to. Yes. I feel like we need to have a moment of shared appreciation for Michigan between mm -hmm. the two of you. Yes. And Meredith's nickname may have been Bigfoot in high school, but now her nickname is every iteration of Eminem that we can think <laughs> of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I grew up, I was actually born in Grand Rapids where Dawn lives and I lived there until 2009 when I finished school and moved to Detroit, lived there for a few years and then moved to Dallas. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if I'm the most authentic Eminem impersonator out there, but right. I was a couple hours away for most of my life. Yeah. Do you rap at yeah. all? I'm a really good rapper. Okay. Well, you'll have to just believe me. Yeah. Yeah. 
I believe. <laughs> I'm willing to believe in a lot of things. Let's put it that way. Yeah. And Meredith my, is making all of those sounds with her very tall ba'adi. Her ba'adi. My, my family all still lives in Grand Rapids. And I don't think I've been back there since I met you or quote unquote met you, Don. I think you were briefly, but I think it was really like horrible weather. You were oh, stuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you were stuck. Yeah. I had a bad trip. So, um, it's getting warm enough there now that I uh-huh. consider going back. Yeah, exactly. Sometime soon. <laughs> so I'll let you know when that is. But my Let's family all still lives up there. So yeah, I'll let you I definitely know. want to get together with you. We need to have an LRB colon Grand Rapids edition. Yes, definitely. <laughs> uh, I don't have a lot of great Michigan stories. I mean, I've been to Michigan, I've been to Detroit, uh, but I haven't really experienced it a ton. Uh, but uh, Dawn, the last time that we chatted was about a trip you were taking to the Sioux because yes. you wanted some Canadian potato chip advice. Yes. And so, yeah, what did you bring back into the country and what did you like? Oh, Lord, we brought back the chicken flavored. I wasn't that interested in that one. Mm. We brought back the all, the all dressed. Oh, gosh. We got, they basically went to the chip, we went to the snack food aisle. Or actually went to the grocery store. And I told my husband when we walked in, I said, we're going in because we want to get everything that we can't get at home. We want to get it and we're going to try it. And about a third of the way through the, um, uh, not deli, the bakery section, he starts saying, well, we don't need that. I'm like, shut up. We, we're getting all this stuff because we're going to try it. <laughs> I don't, like, you don't get the rules, buddy. So we went, the, yeah, we bought everything that you could possibly get in the snack food aisle. We still have some odd muesli cereal that we haven't tried yet. <laughs> but I highly recommend it. It's very entertaining. You wouldn't think it'd be that much different just like driving four hours away from home. But there's a lot of cool stuff there, I gotta say. Uh, last time I was in Seattle, I made Jeremy take a day off from work to go with me to Vancouver. And all we did was get poutine. Yeah. Go for a romantic walk through a park <laughs> and then go to a grocery store and buy a bunch of bags of chips and then got back in the car and drove <laughs> exactly. back to Seattle. So I understand. <laughs> now, was that the was that the park that Jen got lost in hopelessly and she almost called 911? That's an excellent question. I don't remember okay. what park that was. Okay. <laughs> it probably was, though. It was the big park in Vancouver. Yeah, giant park. and she just, Stanley yeah. Park, I think. Yeah. Yes. Uh, did you have any trouble coming back over the border with your Canadian smorgasbord? No, they didn't ask any questions, but they just, you know, they just, you know, look you up and down and, you know, because like most people from Michigan never go to Canada ever. What? Like everybody I've talked to here, I said, do you ever go? No. You know, they'll go to the UP, Upper Peninsula, mm-hmm. but they won't go to Canada. I'm like, what is wrong with you people? Like, it's just there. We would go all the time. And really? in, in Detroit, it's so much easier because oh, yeah. it's across the river. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, but also, I, I made the voyage by myself for the or by my with my friends for the first time when I was 19 because the drinking age is 19 right. there. So it was like, right. well, we're going to Windsor to get drunk legally. Did you go to the Windsor Ballet? We went to the casino because we didn't know what else to do. No, I'm sorry because I didn't think anyone outside of Western New York called it that, but we always called it the Canadian Ballet. Well, my girlfriend from Detroit calls it the Windsor Ballet. And so um, we have a really, really, really conservative friend. <laughs> and um, we were talking about it and ha- she happened to be there. And we had to kind of tell, oh, no, it's not something that you would really enjoy. <laughs> Right. We don't have to. We, we can. Ex- it's strip yeah. clubs. People. Yeah. It's all the Canadian that's strip clubs. That's all there was. Like, that's why we wound up at, at the casino, because it was like, well, um, I think this is our only choice. Yeah. Yep. 
Yep. <laughs> uh, Meredith, uh, why don't you run Dawn through her paces? Yeah. All right. So uh, do you remember what your first episode of TBTL was? Um, I don't exactly remember. I know I found TBTL because I heard Luke talking on the Sporkful, one of their very, very first episodes about cereal. Oh, yeah. And I remember, like, we kind of, we didn't grow up as poor as they did, but we were very not, you know, lower middle class, working class people. And it definitely was kind of a luxury to have cereal. And so I remember kind of bonding with him, you know, mentally over that. And then he also was talking about how crazy the fans were and and he was supposed to be on the wagon for Lent and he got Prosecco and he was in the boat with his girlfriend and he couldn't figure out why everybody was yelling at him. I thought, wow, this is really strange. So then I, that's when I started listening. And um, like the first week or so, I would listen to an episode and he would say a lot of mean things about fat people and just kind of rude things all together. And then Jen would be there, you know, talking to him and she wouldn't say anything. I was like, what is wrong with this girl that she doesn't just say, hey, that's not a nice thing to say. But I couldn't figure out the dynamic at all. And so I would listen to it and I'd get really disgusted and I would delete it immediately. And then I'd listen the next day because I wanted to see what else he was going to say. (laughs) (laughs) So I probably took a week or two of that routine before I was like, okay, I'm in, you know. Um, But I was trying to pinpoint exactly. I'm thinking it was either very late 2009 or early 2010. So podcast days then. Exactly. Podcast days. And then, yeah, I've got to try to go back through and listen. Uh, I think I'm still missing a few episodes here and there. So you've tried to go back and listen to all of them? Yeah. So I've gotten as far as, I believe, November 2009, for sure. But I think I'm still missing maybe a month or two between then and when I started listening. That's impressive, though. Yeah. I enjoy it. Do you remember which episode turned you into a 10 or was it sort of a gradual wearing yeah, down? It was a gradual wearing down for <laughs> sure. I do remember being very entertained by the stick that was holding everything up. Yes. And just in the his men- basement. Yeah. No, that was upstairs still, wasn't no, it? No, it was upstairs. Yeah. And it was just like this really precarious situation. And you're always wondering, hmm, is when's, when's that whole thing going to come crashing down in this head? <laughs> is that... Know, yeah. That's both literally and metaphorically speaking. Right. The, the theme of TBTL. When is the song going to come crashing down on his head? Yes. Mm-hmm. He was very, as I recall, he was seemed like he was very, very much holding on by a thin thread at that time. You know, he, he was in kind of a, a rough state. <laughs> yep. Yeah. All right. Have you ever had any TBTL appearances or had emails read? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, the first one was kind of embarrassing because I was trying to point out, this is when Adrian Peterson got in trouble for spanking, you know, really very heavily spanking his little boy oh, yeah. and causing bruises and things. I just pointed out on the Facebook page that I don't think that I, can't, I have a hard time picturing these police officers going to this very famous athlete's house in Texas and arresting him for, you know, for beating his child if he were a white athlete. You know, I just kind of have a hard time with that imagination just because I know people are a little bit different based on skin tone. And they were kind of taking it that I was justifying that it wasn't be a big deal if, if there was a white dude. But no, I was just thinking like, no, I think, you know, definitely race plays a big role in a lot of these things. So, um, so that wasn't my best moment. Um, and then, yeah, my, um, there was another topic of conversation about farting and my my brother, <laughs> my brother used to do these armpit farts, and he would. And um, my great uncle was this really cool guy with the the handlebar mustache with the wax tips and everything. 
and um just a real cool character and he said to my brother jimmy you know can you play music on that thing <laughs> and so they sang swanee river my uncle and everybody sang swanee river my well my brother played the, the music with armpit farts <laughs> that sounds like my brother yeah <laughs> my brother would do something like that he definitely played armpit farts absolutely is, is that i'm gonna ask is is armpit farts something that we grow out of and i don't mean um I don't mean uh, because we're not childish anymore, but I mean physically. Like, I don't think uh, I can do armpit farts anymore. Yeah, I think it probably like when you start getting hair in your armpits and that kind of thing. It There's something work. about being yeah. a gangly mm-hmm. young child that makes it a lot easier. I'll yeah. check with my brother. Yeah. He has oh, a yeah. sixer now, so I bet he would you know, want to teach his child. He'd want to pass <laughs> along this knowledge, right? Right. So I'll see if he's able to do it still. The circle of life, right? Yeah, yeah. So then... Um, so that was cool. And I, I played it for my whole family. They, they thought it was really funny. Um, oh, because my, oh, the other part of it was that my brother would always, you know, just, he loved farting constantly, like another boy thing, I think. And my dad would always say, you're going to fill your pants. <laughs> <laughs> and when Luke read it on the, on the podcast, it sounded exactly like my dad. My dad's been passed for 20 years. So it was kind of funny. Um, and then, yeah, when he did my dazzling donor mention the other day, he went and stalked my wedding website, which was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, now you have to tell us, did you write your husband's bio? Oh, yeah. Bio? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, honestly, I don't know if you ever even paid attention to that or heard that until I played that for him. Um, I don't remember He's probably him. like, we had a wedding website? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because like he, you know, he just graduated from uh, Grand Valley State University on April 30th. So this whole time, the last four years we've been together, it's all been just a total blur of him just working and going to school. And, mm-hmm. you know, I just kind of take care of all the details. So I don't think he was aware of any of that. <laughs> 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 but it was really cool. Something that we can keep for hopefully our our kids in the future. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. So why does TVTL matter to you? Um, yeah, honestly, um, I think that for me, when I first moved here, I was 30 and moving to Grand Rapids and buying your own house as a woman. It sounds really strange. That would be a big deal, but apparently it is here. (laughs) Yeah, I can see that. (laughs) Um, there's still sort of a paternalistic vibe here to a certain degree. Um, and then everybody was, everybody here that I met, it seemed like they all got married when they were 18 and, you know, had a bunch of children. And so being a 30 year old single person with a career in this environment was really tough and it was really hard for me to make friends. And if it weren't for TBTL and then I found my Rotary Club, um, if it weren't for those two things, I think I would have had to move somewhere else for sure. Mm-hmm. It really filled in a gap. Yeah, it was hard for me. The hardest thing for me growing up there was um, people would ask, you know, new people would say, hello, my name is whatever. What's your name? You tell them and then they say, what church do you go to? Exactly. That's always the next question. And I never had a good answer for that. Yeah. Uh, If I said I don't go to church, they kind of would blanch. Right. Yeah. It's like, are you married? What church do you go to? And then my neighbor said, are you a stamper? (laughs) <laughs> a what a stamper so these people like and she would go every night dear lady very nice lady but every night you would see her in the like, the basement lights being on and she'd be down there making designs with these stamps these fancy stamps oh 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 got it yeah you had to get from the craft store or oh, whatever. craft yeah mm-hmm. it's it's a very crafty city 
Right. And I, I just, that's so foreign to me. I wouldn't know. <laughs> it just was, the whole thing was odd. It was like that movie New in Town starring Renell Zellweiger. <laughs> oh, Renell, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Renell. Um, but this is exactly how she, how it was for her when she got it to her new town. And right. I think it was in Minnesota where she was supposed to be. Yeah. It's not that different. Mm-mm. All right. So what do you do when you listen to TBTL? Um, Sorry. Besides but, stamping in your yeah, basement yeah. all night, what do you do? Uh huh. Yeah, the stamping. Um, either you know, I'm uh, puttering around, walking the dogs, like working outside, or we're at work. Sometimes I just can't wait that long, and I listen to it in bed at night before I go to bed. But it just depends on how the day goes. With that, uh, I think we're going to move on to this clip that you brought us. And I have to say, although I missed the first time. We, as a show, tried to record with you. I'm super excited that I get to be here for the second time (laughs) for this clip. Um, John, can you tell us a little bit about why you picked this? And then we'll break it down after we listen to it. But I'm just curious why this is the one you you submitted. Yeah, sure. Um, I think that's because I was was actually ended up listening to it. um, I want to say last fall, I listened to it again. And between that and my aforementioned um, Survivor Man programs I've got into, between those two things, I was like, wow, I really should have a kid. Um, because, you know, he does this thing where he, you know, he purposely strands himself in the middle of nowhere in the snow and all the different things he has to go through to stay alive. I'm like, wow, that could happen here pretty easily. You know, I drive quite a bit for my work or uh, visit my family. It's like two hours away or, and like, once you get out of the major metropolitan area that I, where I live, I mean, there's really nothing for a couple hours, you know, you're kind of just out there. Um, so I was like, oh, that's, yeah, that's kind of important. And so then um, <laughs> um, my mom drives quite a bit for her job, my sister. So I made everybody um, emergency road, roadside kits for the family. I think I made mine a little bit more practical than Jen made hers, though. <laughs> well, let's let's compare kits after we take a listen to this. Um, the file that, that you submitted, the link that you submitted was from 2011, June 2011, and it's uh, – it's an episode called TBTL is Car Talkers, and it's a best of of a few different auto-related uh, segments from TBTL history. But earlier today, I actually went on a deep dive to figure out when this was first aired. Oh, yeah. And it's originally from the radio days, from the AM days, June 11th, 2008. Oh. And it's an hour three, uh, a rare, hard-to-find hour three that you will not find currently in the archives. Wow. Uh, on uh, on tbtl.net, but it is on the archive.org archives, thanks to Ben Quick. So uh, June 11, 2008, the final hour of the show. Let's take a listen to the first segment from that hour about Jen's emergency car kit, and then we'll pick it up on the other side. All right, let me see how I'm going to do this exactly. Jennifer, why don't we have you come in here? If you could okay. please leave your bulletproof ivory tower Wrap on a stick. No wonder we had to have intern Nick carry this. I actually think we should have Nick take pictures too. Okay, Nick's brought the camera in. He's good. He's good. Come on, come on in, Nick. You can photo document this. Um, I have in front of me uh, what will, I guess, hopefully anyway, keep Jen and Jason and Mr. Knightley alive, if ever. Their Ford Escape SUV plunges into 
the set from Road Warrior? This is my box. This is my box. <laughs> I never travel without my box. By the way, free T-shirt for whatever 10 <laughs> who did not go to North Seattle Christian mm-hmm. High School can email in with what that reference is from, where that song is from, that yeah. This Is My Box song. We don't want to hear from any of the cast members. My sister can't call. Okay. My best friend Cindy right. can't right. call. You're already giving too many hints away. <laughs> All right, so Jennifer, I have in front of me a uh, – can you take a picture of this, Nick? Let's see. I'll just hold it up like this, but I can Ooh, only hold it really, for a few seconds. really heavy. Because it's really, really – what is this that must – probably weighs about, I'd say, 35 pounds. Uh-huh. And it's one of those Tupperware – Boxes that people store, uh, you know, dried foods in and things in their pantry or maybe if you go camping. Uh, This is your emergency preparedness kit. Right. This is what we decided to have in our car at all times in case we ever have some kind of an emergency. Uh, If there's a a smallpox breakout in the city and we have to flee to the hills. So if your car becomes your... You're rolling. Right. So it is very road warrior. It is a little bit. If you if you have to fight off other people, right. if it's just you and Jason and Mr. Knightley in the Ford Escape. Right. If for any reason we have to flee the city, if for any reason we get stuck in a snowstorm and are lost and you know we can't see through the snow and we have to just pull over and wait out the night, if for any reason we have to live in our car, this is what we've put together and it never leaves our car. And have you had this in the car since you purchased it or is this no. a recent thing? No. Um, last year, uh, I guess it's been about a year and a half now, there was this family. Uh, the husband's name was James Kim, and they were mm-hmm. they were traveling from Seattle to San Francisco, and they got lost. They went down a wrong road in Oregon and ended up uh, – he went – he tried to – after f- numerous days, he tried to go for help, and they ended up finding the wife and kids, but he unfortunately died in the elements. And that made a huge impact on us and because, you know, we're – we take our car places all the time. We go camping every summer. And so it really impacted us. And we decided that we were going to make a kit for our car. And it was weeks and weeks of having things laid out on our kitchen table, deciding, taking things out, putting things back in. Do we really need this? Because we wanted it all to fit in this box. And how did you decide on the size of this box? It, like you well, picked it up at storables? Unfortunately, as you can see on the one side, we bought it at like Lowe's for um, taking uh, – holding Christmas ornaments. Oh, yeah. So we had it left over. So it, we didn't put as much thought into the size of the box. It was just the box we had. Sure. I mean, if it's a survival kit, you might as well just use what you've got. <laughs> right. No need to go buy a special box for that. It's only your life and the life of your husband and your dog. Exactly. All right. So let's, uh, let's see what's in this bad boy. All right. Uh, reversible all-purpose tarp. Uh, six foot by eight foot. This is one of those... Well, it's a green tarp. It's a camping tarp. What what would you do with this? Well, and how did this make it in? <laughs> the main idea for the tarp is if we uh, need to do work on the car and it's there's it's raining or something like that, then I could hold it kind of above Jason's head while he tinkers. Does Jason know how to fix cars? No, no. But if somebody came along who did. I mean, we just felt like a tarp was important for some reason. Just so just this in isn't general. The, the, yeah, okay. And the tarp is not. I, I'm starting to see something here. It's not necessarily for a catastrophic situation. It's more just it would be better if you had a tarp. Yeah. It's not like you're going to make a parachute out of it and jump off the side of a mountain if you have to. No, but we did have the thought that if we had to be in the car for a number of days, the car would begin to feel very claustrophobic, and so the tarp would maybe help us extend our living area. I. What would be the situation where you would have to be in the car for days and days, but 
would be able to go hang out outside the car and be fine. Like if there's hot lava everywhere, aren't you just screwed? I don't. I mean, I'm trying to think of the post-apocalyptic scenarios that you were thinking of. No, it's it's if you're waiting for rescue. That's what we learned from the James Kim situation. If they if he had not left the car, he right. would have been rescued with his family. But he felt like this: we can't stay here one more day. We've got to get help. So we're thinking we want to be able to really wait it out. You want to be like one of these parents at one of my kids' volleyball tournaments. You want to have the RV, <laughs> you have a barbecue, mm-hmm. kind of just chillax and right. wait for help. Okay. Right. Um, here's a. I don't. How many cups of dog food is this sealed in Tupperware? Uh, it's about six, I think. Uh, and did you? This is just the size Tupperware you had, or did you do some kind of no, Mr. Knightley's eating? I'm not judging you. I'm no, just curious. No, it's the size we had. <laughs> so if Mr. Knightley dies. It'll be because you guys didn't have a larger Tupperware thing handy. Well, it was it was that we had several sizes of Tupperware, but it had to fit in this box. So we tried different sizes. Although, as we have heard on this show, he does have a bit of a weight problem. Right. So probably he'll come out at the end of the right of uh, the tragedy. Okay, he'll slim down a little bit. His knees will feel better. And I think with rationing that that can actually last him a full week. Uh, you know how much this dog food looks like Lucky Charms? Always, as a kid, because I wasn't allowed to eat sugar cereal, <laughs> I was a little jealous. A little jealous of that. Okay. Uh, we've got uh, a dozen. No, that's just the name of it. It's a it's a lantern Okay, with a remote control. The dozen LED remote control lantern, and it says Beyond Bright. It's really amazing, and what I like about it is you can have it inside. Oh, that's you know, pretty cool. Those Coleman yeah. ones, you can't have them inside. Nick, can you please turn down all of the lights here in the studio to zero? Can take a picture. Yeah, can you take a picture <laughs> now? Um, this will all be up at the website, mynorthwest.com slash tbtl. This is the Beyond Bright LED lantern that Jen has in her emergency uh, safety pack. Cheese. You know what's great about digital cameras now? Okay, maybe we can have the lights back on. Thank you. Is that they like to have four flashes. So the first three are to trick you into letting your slack-jawed yokel face out. Because you go, well, it's been three flashes. I guess we're done here. And then you go, and then the fourth flash is the real picture. That's one of the beauties of the digital camera age. Oh, and it has a remote control. Yep. I guess that's just for the very lazy survivalist. <laughs> if your car is really big, but we can pretty much reach the land. All right, uh, Trails Best Beef Jerky. Made with solid slices of beef. That's uh, our protein. Yeah, 97% fat-free, high in protein. I guess you just figured this is small, compact, but has packs a punch. Right. It's a lot of protein. Exactly. Um, turkey chili. Trader Joe's. One can of Trader Joe's turkey chili with beans. That is the same idea. But that, but now, question, why not regular chili? Why turkey chili? You like the turkey chili better, or you thought, even in your darkest hour, I'm why not cut out a few calories? Exactly. It's all about the waistline. Oh. It's granny time. <laughs> um, ooh, this is an interesting, uh, I guess, a first aid kit. Yeah. Lifeline first aid kit. The huge uh, gauze. Now, this is the first thing that I've actually seen. That makes perfect sense to me. <laughs> I mean, this other stuff is, is within the realm of normalcy, uh-huh. but this is like, when you said emergency kit, I just thought you meant you have a little zip-up fanny pack that has some Band-Aids in it and some aspirin and maybe a, a flashlight or something. Um, all right. Uh, another can of turkey chili. Uh, matches, a lighter, and uh, 
a knockoff Swiss Army knife. Yep. With a corkscrew. With a corkscrew. Okay, then you've also got... This is an interesting one. The Classic Sport Whistle Combo Pack. Because we don't want to go horse yelling. Yeah, we don't want to go horse yelling for help. And so what we're going to do is whistle continually. Oh, my gosh. (whistles) Exactly. Sorry, now it has my spit on it, though, so you'll probably get herpes. (laughs) That is such a good idea. Did you read about that on Oprah or something? Uh, That was Jason's idea. That is actually really smart because people are you know they get lost out in the middle of nowhere and they're yelling and yelling and yelling and And i think you start to lose heart but you can always just keep blowing into a whistle absolutely i mean that could just entertain you for an afternoon (laughs) that was 76 trombones by the way from the music man (laughs) just fyi okay so that was really smart um let's see what else is in here jumper cables that makes a lot of sense um, another, oh, emergency blanket, Right. emergency blanket, little like a, like a, one of those things you get when you run to the end of a marathon, which I've literally done this what week. What we're thinking is that if me and Jason and Mr. Knightley are all cuddled together and then we put the emergency blanket over us, that's going to conserve a lot of the body heat. Okay. Um, Purell hand sanitizer. <laughs> Interesting. Thoughts on this? Well, I mean, that's the way that people died in the olden days was spreading germs. And so we just feel like we want to keep a sanitary area that we're living in. I guess it's you're you're really figuring that this is going to be a couple weeks. No, no, I'll just be honest with you. The fact is is that we're going to be having to go to the bathroom in the woods. Yeah. And that can be unsanitary. And I Uh and then we're going to be cooking our, you know, eating our chili out of this opening our chili. You know, so I just who wants to do that with poopy hands. (laughs) So I really wanted to have Purell. That was something we went back and forth about. And I said, that's a that's for sure. All right. A couple of rain ponchos makes a lot of sense. One of those hot hands, hand warmers. These are things you get when you go skiing, uh, you know, keep you warm. Now, let me ask what didn't make it in here, Jennifer? Like well, there was a lot more food. Out. Oh, there was a lot more food. There were books. Yeah, that's a question I have: is why isn't there more food? There's basically a day's worth of turkey chili and some beef jerky, and then nightly's food. <laughs> and meanwhile, you do have uh, a lot of things like you have a a dura log, a mini dura log. Mm-hmm. If you have things like that, like I feel like you're going to have the most tricked out survivalist camp, except you're going to be starving. Yeah. Well, that was the problem, and we had we had a lot of food and. And ultimately, one of the things that I said is if we're on an actual road trip, we'll probably have food in the car because I always bring like a Trader Joe's bag full of stuff. So I'm, I was thinking that wasn't as important. Mm-hmm. All right. You have a radio here. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of those ones that you wind up, though. <laughs> and that's I mentioned earlier, the smallpox outbreak. Yeah. We want to know when that has passed. Right. Like, when is it safe to come back to the city? All right. I'm, how do I turn this on? I don't know. <laughs> um, does it have an on button? I want to. If this isn't on 710 Cairo, you are fired. <laughs> I'm not even kidding you. You are literally fired. Yeah, sounds like Cairo. <laughs> sounds exactly like the show we're doing. Okay, so you've got a battery-powered radio. And now you've got, oh, lots of um, goo. This is that junk they give people when they're running and doing bike races. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got Because those uh, are really small and give you a lot of energy if we needed a real burst of energy. A Luna bar. A... Extra large roll of toilet paper. Uh-huh. 
I read on um, one of the survival things that that's when society really breaks down. Like that's when chaos starts to reign in the streets is when you run out of toilet paper. And so I wanted to keep that up at bay. I do think, though, that if my choice was toilet paper or more food, if things were getting really ugly, <laughs> I would go with more food. But you feel like even when you get even when it gets to even when you go beyond Thunderdome, <laughs> you want a certain amount of civility. You yeah. still want to be able to to wipe. Yeah, I would rather be hungry and have Purell and toilet paper. I right, got batteries, playing cards, jumper cables, a uh, head light thing. And by the way, am I totally bumming you out because I'm disorganizing everything? No, no. Mm-mm. We'll just put it all back together yeah. during the commercial no break. Problem. Okay, good. This is TBTL, by the way. We're going through the contents of Jen's. I don't think you could call it an emergency kit. It's more of an emergency crate. <laughs> yeah. And it's, uh, well, it's telling because now we're at the the bag that I find so, so interesting. And that is the Ziploc bag that's full of mini bottles of vodka and Kahlua. <laughs> That's and, for Jason because he doesn't like vodka. He likes his uh, alcohol to taste like chocolate as much as possible. <laughs> and if it's one, you know, and if he's dying, he has a massive injury, and he's lying there under your tarp. You guys have been playing cards and listening to Cairo on your radio, <laughs> waiting out the smallpox. Give him the kind of drink that he wants at the end of his life, right? Yeah. You have two things of vodka. Why the alcohol, Jennifer Andrews? Again, with the civility I, and, and with the turkey chili, with all these things, I want to have the things in there that I'm actually going to want and use. I don't want to be one of those people who opens it up and it's like, I don't even like any of this stuff. And if I'm in a bad situation, I'm going to want some vodka. And I know myself and I know that's going to be important. I will not be able to move forward until that's taken care of. Like, don't you think that's going to impede your problem-solving abilities? Have you read the book Hatchet? Did you read that in grade school? It's about the kid who's flying in a plane uh, with uh, like a Cessna and it crashes and he has to live by himself in the wilderness. No, I should read that. It was very, very uh, gripping stuff when I was a kid. You know what he didn't have there? Vodka. <laughs> and he made it out alive. <laughs> Don't you think that the only thing the vodka can do is cloud your thoughts? No, I think the the vodka will um, allow me to get on with the business of surviving. I won't just give up and die. I'll feel like I love this life. I love, I'm ready to live you know that I love me a little Jesus juice. I love it a lot, okay? I love it like a fat kid loves cake. But I just can't imagine being trapped in my car in the snow or hiding out from the bad guys from Red Dawn. Mm-hmm. I can't believe, I can't imagine Wolverining it and then thinking, you know what I need is some vodka with no mixer. <laughs> just some straight vodka. And I bet you that this, this Kahlua is only here because Jason didn't want you to feel like an alky. <laughs> I think Jason could have been okay with no alcohol. I'm sure he could have. All right, all right, all right. But 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 also in here are some useful things. You've got a uh, a credit card. Mm-hmm. You're going to use this. You're going to scan it, I guess, in a tree. <laughs> Probably maybe get a hedgehog to take it down to the store for you. What's on this? Is this a debit card or is this a credit card? No, it's a credit card. And it's on, is it? It relates to an account that you guys have. Right, and I just feel like if we're out in the middle of nowhere, um, it's okay to use a credit card if it's an emergency. <laughs> well, you, I guess you're thinking if you guys were to get robbed, heaven forbid, by highwaymen, by bandits, yes. and they took your wallets and everything, they, they probably wouldn't steal the survival kit. They probably wouldn't even know it's there. Right. I mean, it's so small. Right. It's so inconspicuous. So you figure you use this, and you're not totally sunk. I think that's right. a good idea. And then you have a cell phone in here. Yeah. 
Uh, what is this on a plan? You have to pay it, if you call. Well, it's on our family plan, so it's just an extra phone, and it's fully charged. Um, just in, you know, in case we again we were robbed, or uh, and they took our phones, or we forgot our phones, or for some like our phone went dead. We have another one that's how how often do you have to charge this thing up? Well, I just double check it. Um, we double check the the kit pretty regularly, mainly because a lot of times we steal the water out of there. <laughs> You know, like if we're out of we're we're out of the park and nightly's thirsty, we'll grab one of the bottles out of there, and so then we're always real careful to refill. Yeah, there at the are end of the month. one, two, three, four, five bottles of water, and there's supposed to be six, and so at the end of this month, we would you know make sure there's one more in there. Um, what do you think this says about you, Jennifer? The contents of this survival kit, and it's just its existence in general. I think it actually says that I just know myself really, really well. I know I'm a survivor. I want to do well in these situations. I don't want to be caught unaware. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to be that person that um, that wasn't ready for anything. And I know what I need to make it. And that's apparently Finlandia vodka. <laughs> Why don't you put a Coke in here? I, I don't want a Coke. I would never want a what Coke. What would you mix the vodka with? I'm not going to mix the vodka. That sounds horrible. What are you, Russian? <laughs> I think that in this situation, I will want it straight up. All right. Well, Jen, I hope to God you never have to use this survival kit, but I hope to God that if that situation arises, you will find it to be as delightful and time-passing as, you, as you've planned it to be. Wouldn't that be amazing? Okay, like, for instance, this weekend, I'm driving way, way out to the country to see my father-in-law for Father's Day. Yes. And wouldn't that be amazing if on the way back, we ran off the road and got stuck somewhere, and I called you from that cell phone and was like, I'm using my kit. I'm stuck in the woods. Like, wouldn't that be amazing? Would you mind doing that? (laughs) I mean, seriously, could you guys try to take some kind of signless back roads home from eastern Washington? Just to see, because we could definitely kill an hour of the show on sure. Monday night with you drunk on vodka, blowing your whistle, Jason just putting up the tarp, eating turkey chili under a tarp, <laughs> nightly munching away on uh, his food that you've packed. That actually sounds like a kind of a fun time. I guess what it is, Jennifer, and this is what I love about you, is that it's 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 somewhat functional and also somewhat um, fanciful. <laughs> it's kind of like half camping trip. Half, oh crap! It's the end of the world. Right, and I think that that's I think that's very I think that's very cute actually. I, I don't know if it's the most useful end of the world kit, or if it's the most comfortable camping kit, but it's somewhere in the middle. And I think you'll probably come out okay. And what I have in my Audi, uh-huh. I have half a pack of Mentos under the seat that Addy dropped one time. You have a lot of gum. I do have gum, so gum and Mentos. Although, as it says clearly on the package, not. A low-calorie food. Gum is not a low-calorie food. So um, I think you will definitely live much longer than I when it comes time for road warrioring. All right, guys, I'll tell you right off the bat that the liquor in my emergency car kit is not vodka or Kahlua. Really? Yeah, no. (laughs) Um, But I do also have an emergency car kit. Before we go there, though... um, this kit that Jen has amazes me that she has anything left room-wise in her car. Right. <laughs> I think it's a Ford Escape, so yeah. there's a fair amount of space back there, but I'm imagining this giant Tupperware tub <laughs> full of all these things. 
Um, we can go through the practicality of this, but before we listen to the clip, Don, you mentioned that you have a kit and that you made kits for your family. And I'm very curious to know what's in your kits. Right. So I did beef jerky. I did granola bars. I included um, little tin cups where you could sort of melt snow for water. Um, I do have vodka for two different reasons. Um, because I have seen Survivor Man light fires with lots of different things. So I figure as a worst case, <laughs> <laughs> worst case vodka scenario, is kindling. Yeah, you could. Yeah. There's toilet paper in there too, because he uses toilet paper a lot to start fires. And also for the, you know, the practical reason for having him. Um, I have these little, um, my dad was a long haul truck driver for a while when I was a kid. And he always told me that if you got stuck in the middle of nowhere, if you have a, um, you know, those little like candy or cookie tins that are like, uh, cylindrical and about, I don't know, eight inches tall. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, he, he got them, they were, had candy in them or something like that. But anyway, you put a candle in there and the metal is supposed to help reflect the heat and the warmth and the light to help make you feel better and, you know, help stay warmer. So I have a couple of those in there. I have, oh, I learned from Survivor Man about having these like orange garbage bags, which you can either use to make a shelter or it could help identify you, like if you're stuck in the middle of the snow. So mine is very, very practical indeed. You know, there's some old playing cards, you know, that kind of thing. Um, uh, I put a lot of stuff in there. I'm not going to lie. I can give you a whole list. <laughs> <laughs> uh, save it for Facebook when this yeah. episode goes up. I think people are going to want to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll get to the topic of all of this coming together on TBTL, but I'm more curious about the kits. Um, Meredith, do you have anything in your car? I do. Yeah. Um, so it, it's changed since I moved to Texas because I don't have to mm-hmm. worry about getting stuck in the ice or the snow anymore. Right. That was a huge concern up there, but now, um, I have, you know, just the general first aid kit, like kind of a pre-made one um, with aspirin and and alcohol wipes and things like that. Um, I have about 20,000 reusable shopping bags, which take up the vast majority of my trunk space. Um, (laughs) I do have in, in in the little pocket of my seat, I have a, like right next to me in the door, I have a, a, tool that breaks the, the window in case I like fall into a river. So that's like within reach. I don't have to go to my trunk because that would kind of be impossible, but you know, to, to equalize the pressure. So you wait until you're like totally submerged and then bust the window out or do it beforehand. So that's always been a terrible, like a horrible fear of mine, (laughs) like getting, you know, uh, trapped in your car underwater. That's just horrible. So I have one of those, um, I have, I'm kind of like everybody's mom, even though I don't have kids. And I've always got um, wet wipes with me. Mm-hmm. I have a pack in my purse. I have a pack in my car, several in my car, stashed all over the house. Um, I've got snacks. Um, that's not for survival, but more because I'm two years old and have to feed every like three hours or I get grumpy. <laughs> so I'm always replenishing those. But my car is full of like almonds and granola bars and fruit leather and stuff like that. Um What I'm more into than my own survival in my car, though, is I have an animal disaster kit because I kind of like animals more than people sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so I'm really worried about um, having to evacuate quickly and, you know, leaving my animals behind would be heartbreaking to me. So I've got a carrier for each of them. I've got a bag in the closet that has tons of cans of food and um, that's it's heavy. So um 
you can't carry too much of that, but freeze dried food is really, really light. And they like that. I've got animal first aid kit with special stuff for them. Um, leashes, the vet emergency info, their info on little tags, stuff like that. Hmm. I have milk bones in my car, but I don't have it in that detail. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, well, just with Cupcake, the cat, I mean, I guess I would just, um, she would hate me, but I'd probably wrap her up in a blanket, run uh-huh. to the car. I mean, we have a carrier for her. Uh-huh. Um, otherwise, yeah, I don't think Yeah, this is all assuming I have time to throw all four cats into their carrier and grab a bag, <laughs> which is dubious. Well, um, it's good to be ready. The, it depends on the disaster, I suppose. Right. right. And I actually... Th- this some of the stuff in my car came in handy um last year i don't think i've told this story on the show um last year my husband and i and another couple friend of ours took a road trip to marfa texas which is way 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 west texas where scalia died no mm-hmm. no uh relation mm. um i had nothing to do with it you have an alibi right <laughs> we <laughs> we Got an Airbnb, and this is a this is an Airbnb of failure story. So the the listing said it was in Marfa. It was about forty five minutes outside of Marfa, which is basically Mexico. Oh. I mean, like literally on the border. There was no there was no um, data, no cell data. Um, we had a small SUV, but you know, it wasn't a Jeep, and the roads were uh, gravel. And so the first day we got there, it was beautiful. I mean, it was a wonderful place, but it was not what we were expecting. So we're kind of like, oh boy, we're out in the middle of nowhere. We're on this road and the only traffic is border patrol going back and forth. And they do that maybe twice a day. Um, So it was very isolated. And the first day we tried to drive into town, we got a flat about 20 minutes into the drive on this road on top of a mountain with no cell signal. And it was a Sunday. It was Valentine's Day last year. Oh, wow. And <clears throat> I was not really prepared for this. Um, I was wearing boots. They weren't the most comfortable boots, but I thought we were going to be walking around in a city, not, you know, in the wilderness. Um, but we tried and tried and tried to replace this tire and, and we couldn't do it. My husband's replaced plenty of tires so that there was just something wrong that we couldn't figure out. And so we, we tried for like an hour um, and we ended up just having to hike back. We walked about seven miles Uh, And I know it was awful. And I had those boots gave me terrible blisters by about mile two. And luckily I had the kit and I had band-aids. So that was a lifesaver. I had a bunch of water, which was good. Mm -hmm. Um, It was, it wasn't hot, but it was, you know, February, but West Texas is warmer than, than, than even here. So it wasn't cold either. Um, we needed the water. It was very, very sunny. I wish I had sunscreen. So now I have sunscreen in my car because we all got very burned. Oh, wow. So we ended up coming upon a, like a town we thought was a ghost town. There were like three people living there. They were building a fence and they happened to just be the nicest people in the world. And they dropped what they were doing and they went and changed the tire and they brought us to town to get a new one. That's amazing. Yeah. Which side of the border were you on? Because I thought we were supposed to get the other side to build the fence. <laughs> <laughs> no, you've never told that story before. That's that's crazy. It was so scary. It was scary. I mean, scary. not having cell service, because what do you do then? Like, I was like, I kept thinking, oh, I'll just call USAA, my insurance company. Oh, mm-hmm. no, I can't. I can't do that. And right. I'd pull out my phone and be like, oh, I'll just, 
nope, can't. Mm -mm. So it's just such an instinct. Um, So those nice people let us use their phone. I had to use a telephone book. Um, I ended up (laughs) calling my sister because we will do this often. Like, hey, are you by a computer? Can you look this up for me? This was kind of before smartphones. But she was like, wow, you haven't called me for this in like five years. (laughs) (laughs) So she looked up auto repair shops for me over there. Uh, I happen to be looking at Airbnb now for Marfa. And is this La Beza Casita? No, um, it <laughs> was it was like a solar powered, very modern house. Okay. Oh, I'll see if I can find it. It's it was beautiful. It was gorgeous. And if you wanted to like get away for a weekend with some friends and just stay there and never leave the house, just cook or whatever and drink the whole weekend, it would be great. Right. But it is not the place to camp when you want to go hang out at Marf- in Marfa. <laughs> well, uh, while we track that down uh, and endorse it half-heartedly, <laughs> uh, I'll tell you, because you, you hit on a lot of the things that are in my kit, because uh, my kit started as a gift from my uncle. A few years ago, I mentioned to my family that I wanted tools for Christmas. We were still living in an apartment, but you know, more and more things were coming up and I, I had accumulated, you know, bits and pieces of things, but I always didn't have the tool I needed. And my uncle took that as a rare chance to be the leading man of the family and bought me every tool, like <laughs> hundreds and hundreds of dollars for the tools. He went to Harbor Freight, which for people who've been to Harbor Freight know they're kind of the cheapest tools, mm. but he figured it was a starter set. So he bought me one of everything. <laughs> and as part of that, he made Sam and I each an emergency car kit, but it's very auto maintenance oriented. So it's a zipper bag and each one of them has a set of jumper cables and some shop towels and a candle and a lighter and a couple of flashlights and um, the stuff that you use to, to patch a puncture in a tire. Mm. Oh, I which, have that too. I have fix a flat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we had the can of fix a flat, but also the, the actual, it looks like a long skinny Tootsie roll and you put it on the end of a long, uh, uh, all basically and you shove it in and out of the tire and then cut it off oh, to actually plug a that. hole. So like if you get a nail, so wow. that's probably better than fix a flat, right? Cause uh, you can actually patch a tire with that and, and, that's a permanent, somewhat permanent fix. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, if you take it to the shop to plug a hole in your tire, that's what they're doing to it. Um, all sorts of other stuff too, but like hardware stuff, extra tools and things. And the funny thing is he did not put a first aid kit in it at all. <laughs> <laughs> Just didn't think it was relevant. Oh, also one of those um, lighter adapter uh, air pumps. They're not great, but they will inflate your tire if you need to. Oh, yeah. I have that, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, we got those kits, and then I added uh, a first aid kit. And um, I think I have a cell phone battery, like a a battery backup thing that I leave in there. And then I don't have a lot of food or drinks. I actually really don't have any food in there at all. Um, But what I have always in my car is just there's always a bunch of snacks because I commute. And over an hour each way when I'm in the car driving to work. And then I buy water by the case, which I know is terrible. Hmm. But whenever I don't have my nail gene or just don't have a beverage with me, at least I know I have a backup water. So there's always water in my car. Um, but yeah, first aid kit, moleskin. Always moleskin. Just thinking about you walking in those boots seven miles. Mm-hmm. Always ready with that. But yes. yeah, so Mike, it's very um, 
auto repair oriented, uh, which did not help me last weekend when we got to the campsite. And as I was shuffling things in and out of the car, promptly locked my keys in my car Oh no! with the dome light on. And so at 11 o'clock at night, I AAA, so whatever, but I called AAA and this tow truck comes grumbling through the campground. Hey, at least you had cell service. Yes. Uh, Nickerson State Park, I will go back because we may end up doing the podcast from there at some point because the cell service was great. Uh. He came right through and then he just laughed at me and he said, it happens all the time here. I'm here every week. Oh, well, because people are pulling stuff out of their car and charging their phones. And like I was actually running an extension cord from the car because we have a nice air mattress that has a plug to blow it up easily. Mm -hmm. And it was late. So I just wanted to do it the cheater way. And that's my pay for it. (laughs) I have the kind of car keys where you supposedly can't lock yourself out because it's the fob, you know, will just keep the doors open. Right. I have locked myself out of that car. (laughs) (laughs) I threw my keys in my gym bag and threw the gym bag in the trunk. And then it was too far away to open the doors. Oh no. Yep. (sighs) It was like Um, one week of owning that car. (laughs) I had the thought right before we left for the campground, you know, I have a second key for the RS. Uh, Sam should have it. It should be on her keys, but because she doesn't drive my car, because she doesn't drive stick, she's never taken them and put them on her keys. If she had done that, we would have been fine. Mm. Uh, similarly, I don't have the extra key to her Corolla, but I should. Mm-hmm. I should. I should do that once we're done recording here. I should make a point of it. Uh, back to Jen's kit uh, and this episode. I don't want to pass up a chance to mention Luke playing yet again. Music from Amal and the Night Visitors. <laughs> because this is his box. He's so proud of that. Of I don't think, I bet he never gave anyone the free t-shirt. Do you think anybody not. wrote it knowing what it was? I wonder if that was oh, the first time right. he played it on the show. Oh, yeah, because he offered a free t-shirt. Yes, yes. Right. Um, I don't know. Probably not. He probably yeah. forgot as soon as he said it. Mm-hmm. Uh Sad note is that Jen's kit is inspired by the fact that somebody died after straying from their car after getting turned around. Was this in Oregon or something? I think so. Very sad, but that's what inspired her to do this. However, her logic for a lot of these things is shaky at best. Yeah. Um, Yeah, because if he had had Jen's kit, I'm not sure the outcome would have been any different. Yeah. Right. Um, a can of turkey chili. I mean. <laughs> yeah, he would have been smellier because <laughs> right. he would have eaten nothing but beef jerky and turkey chili before <laughs> he left. His hands would have been germ free. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I get the tarp. I don't have a problem with that. I worry about things like dog food because I think they'll go bad. Like you have to rotate that pretty regularly. Mm-hmm. You do. Yeah. And this is what I think about those preppers too. In general. The people that are preparing with years and years of food. I mean, I guess the rice can sit for a while, but a lot of that stuff, I don't know if I'm going to want to eat it 15 years from now. Right. Right. No, I think it requires some ongoing maintenance for sure. Mm-hmm. It's either a lot of waste or you're just always living on freeze dried food. <laughs> right. Because it's just in your rotation. My mom probably already ate her granola bars and her beef jerky already. (laughs) 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 I probably should just keep checking on her every time I go visit. Every time you go, just bring in a new bag and just throw it in there. Because she gets so busy and she forgets to, you know, eat anything. So I'm sure she's just like, oh, I have granola bars. (laughs) It's a scheduling emergency. It's fine. (laughs) Um, Luke played some of 76 trombones on her whistle. 
<laughs> a whistle is a good idea. That's one thing I don't have. That is a good idea. We should get whistles. Yes. Yep. Maybe we yep. should find whistles to use as a little red bandwagon giveaway at some point. Oh, good idea. That's a good idea. Yeah. I know my dad, um, he was hit by a drunk driver in the middle of the night and um, he had a flashlight in his glove compartment to help signal for help. But um, the same thing can be done with like, there's like a little mirror thing. So I have those in my car too. A little mirror for signaling for help. Mm-hmm. I am big on flashlights. There's mm-hmm. always a handful of flashlights in my car between the kit and my glove box and my center console panel, just because the number of times I've dropped things in the dark around my car, mm-hmm. like yep. even just for very practical reasons, having that. Yep. My husband just got a new car. It's a Volkswagen and it's got, uh, it comes with a little orange triangle that you can set up in case you have to change your tire or something. Oh, that seems that like seems a good idea. Logical. Truckers mm-hmm. have been doing that for decades. Yeah. And I think my sister's car has flares. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> that might be overkill for me. Maybe. That would be too tempting. I just want to play with it. Well, there's too much stuff. I mean, you have to draw the line somewhere. Mm-hmm. Right. I have all these reusable shopping bags. <laughs> well, and those are important. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the booze. Are there booze in any of your kits? Yes. No. <laughs> right. Don, you mentioned that. Yeah. That Two uses for vodka. It sounded like one was fire and is the other one to stave off depression? <laughs> well, I guess there's three then. Because like depression, fire, and then like antiseptic. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I figured, and I put those maybe two or three, maybe there's four airplane sized bottles. So I'm hoping they could be used for something unnecessary. Yeah. Um, I have nips of whiskey in my car. I think they're just Jameson, uh, but they are just there for emergency partying. Oh, <laughs> but don't put them in the toilet. It wasn't that, it wasn't that you. It was like, don't put nips in the, was it? In the yes. 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 I was at a bar where <laughs> they basically said, don't smuggle in outside booze. But if you do, please don't flush the nip bottles down the toilet. <laughs> like who would think that would go down the toilet? <laughs> Where do they that live? Was quite, that was quite a shithole of a bar. And it's <laughs> because they they host something. I, well, yeah, they host a trivia thing. And I won't go into it too far because uh. it is what it is. And they're very good to us. But <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see here. I, I thought it was weird that she had a credit card and a cell phone in that kit. I mean, they both make sense. But yeah. I guess I haven't thought about being mugged as a reason to have the emergency car kit. No, and I, well, I kind of feel like if society's broken down, a credit card's not going to do you any good. No. I'd want right. to have a stash of cash, yeah. maybe. Well, and I remember in other episodes, Jen talking about having like $100 in the car, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is more than I keep. But I do keep like, I don't know, 10 to $15 in fives and ones in my car. But that's mainly so that when I have to pay for parking on Wednesday nights for work, I have exact change and don't have to stand around while the guy goes to find a change for a 20. Right. That's a good idea. I don't think I have any extra cash in my car. I should do that. Just, just, just fives and ones. And then I keep a 10 in my desk at work in case I forget my wallet and want to buy lunch. Mm. That's it. Um, everything else on the list. I mean, it's not that I'm skeptical of any of the stuff. It's just that there's a lot of stuff and a lot of redundancy, like matches <laughs> and a lighter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the Duralog, I think might be a stretch. I don't know if you're going to reach a point where you're going to be building a campfire and can't do it with the stuff you've got. <laughs> right. <laughs> the radio, 
I mean, if it's not a two-way, I'm not sure how useful that is. Yeah. Well, except for to get, uh, you know, traffic updates and breaking news from Cairo. Right. Right. Pandemic's over. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to Dory Monson, blame everybody else, right? <laughs> blame Obama. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that I'd want to hear that is the no. last thing I hear. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, books and food. More food didn't make the cut in her kit. I do keep usually at any time a magazine or an old newspaper in my car. If I get stuck somewhere where I'm going to be bored, I've usually got like a, like just a magazine randomly that I picked up while I was flying or something. I just leave it in the back seat, but that's about it. I don't think I have anything like that. I don't think I have it either. I have, I have yeah. um, cards, playing cards, but that's about it. Right. I think Luke is in the right direction on the book Hatchet. I mean, that's a classic, right? You guys read Hatchet? Oh, yes. I love that book. I Me never too. Read that one. I read it so many times when I was a kid. Oh, it's so worth reading too. Yeah. Uh, I, I have a multi-tool, but Survivor Man does say you should have a hatchet in your car. Speaking of hatchets, but I have a multi-tool. <laughs> I think, I've, from what I've heard, you're not really living a Michigan resident until you have a multi-tool. Yeah, that's so true. Now I have it. I don't carry it on my person; it's in my car. I have a Leatherman. I wear my Leatherman on my belt almost every day. Wow! So you qualify for Michigan resident? Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and I realize that it makes me look like a hick. Um, <laughs> But I would say I use it several times a week. And sometimes it's for things that could be easily substituted, like opening a package. But right. um, there have been definitely times when being the guy who has a pair of pliers or something handy has definitely mm-hmm. come in. Also, I do a lot of random production work, so I feel like I can justify it. But yeah, I've been doing that since high school, just because I was a Boy Scout and uh, oh. never grew out of it. Always prepared. Oh, Yeah. Um, I actually have another Leatherman that lives in the car, sort of the one that got demoted when I got a nicer one. So <laughs> sits in my center console. I don't carry a hatchet in my car. I do have one for camping that I love and spent hours over the weekend just chopping at wood for no reason. <laughs> um, I guess I could leave it in the trunk. There's no reason not to. You don't want it to dull up too much. <laughs> From banging around in there? Or you, you might have to fillet a fish. That's what I learned from Hatchet. Oh. Right. Yeah, Don, you should read Hatchet. It's, uh, it's, uh, it, it won a Newbery. Like, it's very much a great young adult book. Yes. I have to read this. And did he ever run into Bigfoot? Hmm. I think that's in the editor's cut. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, I don't know that I have anything else for this episode, but I really enjoyed it. Just being sort of the the prepper wannabe. I'm not really a prepper, but I think I've talked just recently about being a Boy Scout and and I always enjoyed sort of packing for camping and, mm-hmm. and having the right tool for everything and all that. So this just this kind of stuff makes me really nerd out. <laughs> uh did we miss anything, Don? No, I think we covered it. All right. Meredith, do you want to give us your best pitch for archiving? Oh, man. Well, I was actually going to pass along a message from the nice lady about archiving first. Um, It was a very gentle reminder to finish your week if you've been assigned one. That's that's how I'm going to phrase it. Um, And (laughs) 
you can also sign up to archive current shows if you want. Um, I mean, you're already listening, so you may as well. So just email her at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com and let her know what you want to do. Um, I am an archivist, a historian. It's really fun. Um, it's a great way to go back to just a random week in, in TVTL history and, and you find stuff that you forgot about or that you never heard. And that's how I found my clip to be on LRB. So, Hey, you, you might be the next Meredith. If that doesn't sell you, I don't know what will. <laughs> uh, I'll also just add that stickers are still, and will always be is until they run out available on our website, littleredbandwagon.com. And that's the, uh, handsome round little red bandwagon sticker the one that uh lives on my macbook and the people always walk up at trivia and ask me what the hell that is so it does its job nicely uh and the uh square 10 sticker also available so even if you've got a uh, a friend in your life who's a 10 but not a wagoneer you could fix that by getting them to listen to our show uh, but in the interim, you could also get them a 10 sticker. So littleredbandwagon.com for those. That money goes toward, uh, you know, hosting our show and making sure that we can keep turning on the mics. And uh, I would say that we only lose some money every year now because of the stickers. <laughs> Instead, of <all> the money. <laughs> Instead of all the money. But if you don't want to give us any money, you can archive and get them for free. Yes. Stickers, a benefit of archiving. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I put your name next to get involved, but I'll do it if you want me to, since you just did archiving. Go for it. You can find us online at littleredbandwagon.com, as I just mentioned, on Facebook at Little Red Bandwagon and in the Stens page. Let's do some Twitters. Let's do them in the order of which we're speaking. Meredith underscore M-A-H-A-N is Meredith Mahan. I am at R-L Pape. Dawn, where do we find you on social media? So I have a Twitter, R-O-T-A-R Dawn, like Rotary. Dawn and then Dawn Hafner on Facebook. Be my friend. I like Dawn it. has friends. Dawn has friends. I, I don't know how many more URLs we can <laughs> Just pull off. I, I love my 10 friends. So it's always a good time seeing it, what everybody's doing and, and uh, feeling part of a community that way. Aw. More Twitters. Christy's at Kissy Eyes, K I S S I E Y E S. Mike, the man who somehow magically ruined the first time we tried to record this episode, is at <laughs> Drew McFrizz. Producer Jeremy's at Dadstronaut. And the show is at LRB Podcast. Email us at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. Leave us a voicemail at 802 432 TBTL. 802 432 uh, and with that, I don't know how we do this with this assemblage of people. Uh, I'll be Christy. Until next time, this is the next party. We love you, Jen. This is my box. 